<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Buffalo Plus, your interactive look at the weekend football, brought to you by Connors and Ferris. No, I wasn't stirring up. Y'all need to stay off my Twitter. That's a little weird. <laughs> oh, one game closer. Let's go. Bills Mafia, what's up, baby? <laughs> I'd like to think I'm not too much of a psychopath. Y'all know what hit it for, you know what I mean? Rolls Royce driving, <laughs> private jet flying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Go, Bills. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all so much for coming. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Three Heads Brewery. Obviously, Leadership Rochester as well. And we just want to say how excited we are to be here, to have you all here. It just the support means so much to us, Buffalo Plus, and we know there are a lot of Bills fans here as well, Dan. Yeah, this channel started out as a crazy idea, um, <laughs> and it is built into having this live show here, which is really cool, and we hope this is the first of many moving forward. Yeah. And what we're going to do tonight is, as Dave mentioned a little bit, we're going we're gonna to talk about the Bills. We're going to talk about covering the team. We're also going to talk about how it's changed. Um, I have a little experience in that through the years. <laughs> change in coverage, change in the team, change in the way they are perceived in the community. Uh, but we are looking forward. And at that point, we'll go to Dave for questions out in the audience. And you really can ask us almost anything about what's going on with the team. We thought we'd give you a little insight, too, of what it's like. Mm -hmm. um, it's different than a lot of people think it is. I think a lot of people have a perception of what it's like to cover a team, the way you get access to the team. That's the fortunate thing for us is we do have access to the team, but it's limited to a certain point. Um, but we can explain a little bit of that and then how we developed this channel and why this channel was developed and how that's part of the way football in general is <laughs> consumed uh, as you see all the Buffalo Bills stuff around. Yeah, I mean, there are so many Bills fans. When I moved to Western New York, I, I didn't know what to expect. And then when I got here, I was like, oh, this <laughs> is a real big deal. So being able to cover a team like this, and we obviously all work at Channel 13, the ABC and Fox affiliate, but we knew so many people were interested in the access that we talked about, what we get to see with the team, the behind the scenes. So that is why, um, Mike, maybe you can explain how the idea of the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel came together. Mike, phenomenal idea by us. <laughs> yes, thank you. It was all my idea because I'm on Just TikTok phenomenal. and YouTube <laughs> and Facebook uh, and Instagram and... Snapface. Snapface. <laughs> I was on all those things. So here's how it actually started. We, our company uh, came to us and said, listen, Buffalo Bills are a popular team. We want to start 
something where we can be on the digital side. And you guys all get this, whether it's you yourselves or your kids or whatever it is, the world has changed in the way you consume products. So we appreciate everybody who's watched on television and continues to watch on television, but there's a big world out there. Every person in this room has a phone with them <laughs> and you can watch and consume content, as we like to say, in any way. So they came up with the idea and it was about covering the bills. Now there's some interesting parts. We can't call it the Buffalo Bills channel. They have the rights to that. Yes. So we made it kind of close <laughs> with Buffalo Plus. Figure it out. <laughs> and the colors are similar, but there are certain things you can and can't do. But the idea was not just that we decide we're gonna put content out there about this team that you might wanna watch, but we wanna be in a place where you want to consume it. You know, we all know the time when you just flipped on the six o'clock news or you just read the newspaper. Well, the world has changed in that way. And then somebody at this table, it might have been, was it you? Yeah, it was me. It was Dan. <laughs> or it might have been Jenna me. <laughs> said, we need to be on YouTube. Yeah, I'm not going to lie before I interrupt you real fast, Dan. Uh, I don't know about you, but like I was on YouTube all of the time watching tutorials, cooking things. And I'm like, you know what? I really feel like Bills fans would actually really enjoy what some of the things we get to see and what we get to hear. Well, I think a lot of people here are Buffalo Plus subscribers or through Leadership Roger and things like that. What you see on the podcast and the videos is pretty much Mike <laughs> yodeling to us in the sports office. <laughs> and we decided... Two and a half minutes of Mike talking on the news isn't enough. It's not enough. And yeah. Jenna and I thought the world should get to see and Mike here. tell us stories from 1989 <laughs> and what this team was like and all these things. And we thought, hey, maybe people might care. And except this started pandemic. Yeah. This was, if you've seen the, the channels and the graphics and the way that we have kind of grown it, uh, has, has really taken off. So it's cool to, to, to see where, it, where it's landed. Yeah, and I think what's cool too is we get to see so much in terms of practice, what happens on a game. We're also able, because of our access, we get to be on the sidelines during the game. <laughs> and sometimes you get tackled. Um, <laughs> but just what goes on on game day. So many fans, of course they get to see the product that's out on the field, but the little kind of intricacies that make this team the team and how the community is so connected. So it felt like kind of a really natural thing because Mike likes to talk and Dan also I got, likes And I got hot talk. takes. <laughs> and I could be the mediator literally in between them. Um, so it was really a, kind of a natural thing that's, it's been really cool to see how much it, yeah. it's grown. And so for us, it's been a combination of things. There's great popularity of the Bills. You know, sometimes I will hear from people who say to us, you guys talk about the Bills a lot. Well, we're not stupid. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we are. Yeah. My wife's looking at me like, well, you have your moments. Uh, but the idea is there's, the Bills are a very popular team, and they're good, and they have been good. So that is a big part of what we want to do. And we combine that with the passion of Bills fans who are always looking for content. Mm -hmm. And we try to make it, I, they hear me, this is one of the things they hear me say all the time. We try to inform people in the most entertaining way possible. Yeah. That's what we do. And if you haven't gotten a chance to watch the channel, if you watch it, we hope you would like it, <laughs> yeah. but you, you might even begrudgingly be entertained because I think there are times it's, we have a lot of fun with it. We talk about the games, we talk about the team, we get into it with the things they're doing wrong or do, doing right, 
but it allows us to kind of be ourselves yeah. and to feel like we connect more with fans than you might get to do in a sportscast on television when it sticks a little bit more to facts. And we read the comments, too, when, when you all... Unfortunately. We, not always, unfortunately. I read the comments. Although Dan gets a lot of Dan is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why you see the mugs here. Yeah. That the yeah. same mug says Dan, Dan is, is I, I wrong prefer, and Dan is right. I prefer this right. side. <laughs> it depends on My the My wife take. uses this side a lot more, though. <laughs> yeah, so we, we definitely like to have fun. So And we, and we just appreciate this opportunity as well because it's really cool. So many people in the community have been so incredibly kind and really excited for us. So, And, and I think it kind of stems from, this is obviously leadership Rochester and the leadership of Mike helping us kind of uh, with these ideas. And also w with us talking about the Bills, like we talk about leadership has made all of the difference with this team. Brandon Bean and Sean yeah. McDermott, the Bills general manager and the Bills head coach. And I mean, you've, you, <laughs> it's hard not to talk about Mike being older than us. Yeah. <laughs> you've like covered in the, the Reagan team. administration, <laughs> the, the quarterback can play just wasn't what it needed to be. Yeah, yeah like, it was Joe Ferguson. It, you've, yeah, okay. you've seen it though, go through yes. the different processes. No so problem. it's no big secret. If you follow the bills for a long time, they were good when they had great leadership. They were bad when they didn't, they're good again, right? They haven't won the Super Bowl yet, but they're back to being one of those teams. When I started covering the team, they had Marv Levy and Bill Polian and John Butler. These guys are Hall of Famers, and they were so close to winning it all. And then they took shortcuts, and I think your group certainly understands this. Great leadership um, can handle the ups and downs. And when I look at the Bills, yes, there are times we're all, we are on our channel. I'm critical of Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean. The guys are too. It's the same thing as football coaches. But we're critical in moments of things they've done, and that happens. But if you look at what they've helped to, you know, that's, when they talk about culture and establishing that with a team, they've actually done that here. And I think any business can learn from that. We've learned from that in ways that we operate. They just do everything I say. Isn't that the way it is? <laughs> you do everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of the way this organization is run now is, is they do set a standard. And that's why they have been a very good team. And I really do think you can learn from it. And Dan, I would say, you know, Dan was right on the field last year in Cincinnati yeah. when that happened with DeMar Hamlin. He was feet away from DeMar on the field with his team. And we got to see it close. Yeah of the way that team handled a circumstance like that. And honestly, that comes from leadership. I think it comes from leadership and, like you said, the lack of leadership that was there before. I think so many people ask me about McDermott and Bean and, and what, what they were like. And the first thing I always say is that even when they were hired, I didn't necessarily love the hires, but I figured and I knew they would be the adults in the room. And especially among so many people from different backgrounds, different personalities, different ways of life. For a football team, you're having 90 to 90 guys right now in training camp. Like, you need an adult in the room that people can respect and trust. And that's just been evident since the start. When making the playoffs in 17, Mike, you and I were outside the locker room in Miami when, when they were able to break that drought. Wait, we, gotta, we gotta tell that story real quick. So we're outside the locker room and there's a, there is a cooling off period where we can't go in the locker room. What do they give them? 15. 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Usually ends up being 25. So all the reporters were standing outside the locker room. Now they haven't made the playoffs in two decades. They need Baltimore to lose to Cincinnati. The Bills have already won. 
and we're outside the locker room, we're watching the game on little screens on our phones, yeah. the team is watching the game inside the locker room, and I don't even know if we were watching on our phones. It was more of like following on like yeah. following on phones. It was like, oh, it's third and fourteen. It's now it's fourth and twenty or whatever it was. And then we hear the locker room erupt before we even know what happened. And then the locker room opens yeah. up and it was pandemonium inside that room because they had finally made the playoffs. And you know, our job is to cover the team. Our job is not to be fans. It's not to necessarily root, but you kind of always root for people that sort of work and get to what they deserve, and that was a pretty happy locker room to be in. Yeah, you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> like, like it, I don't know if you're an Eagles fan or a Cowboy hater. What, well, that's what goes, saying, what goes right? yeah. But I always think about it too. Like, I, I have my friends here and things like that. Like, I went, grew up here. Like, went to Fredonia. Like, my friends in college had season tickets to the Bills, and I really wasn't a Bills fan. Like, like, and everybody's like, how can you not be a Bills fan? All these things. I just wasn't. My family, we didn't grow up necessarily as Bills fans. But we cover the team as if we would cover anything else. But when people ask me, like, what, what do you think about the team? Like, our job's a lot more fun when they win. Yeah. It's been a lot more fun to cover this team. Players are happier to talk to us. Otherwise, we walk in and it's like, yeah, what do you guys want today? It's like, <laughs> uh, never mind, pass. Like, next guy. Like, yeah. we, it's, so that, the, the, the winning, all of those things has kind of gone with the leadership and especially, Jenna, Josh Allen doesn't hurt. Yeah, Josh Allen. I mean, it's so fun. I'm not from Western New York, and, like, Josh Allen is now a household name. Like, my mom is like, oh, what's Josh doing? <laughs> like, it's pretty wild to see. I mean, he's on the cover of Madden. He's one of those players that's top ten in the NFL. I mean, the pandemonium around what he brings and the fact that it's, like, a superstar in Buffalo. And we actually were – lucky enough to be there the night he was drafted. And I remember we were all on Twitter. The draft was in Houston. Was da it Houston? Dallas. Dallas. It was in Dallas. You're right. And we were all on Twitter and we were like. You were there. I was there too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't really. Okay. Know. So Jenna and I are there the day before Josh is drafted oh and we're interviewing him. Can I tell the story? You tell the story. So we're <laughs> See in, what I sorry. mean who the yeah. boss is? So See? Sorry. Yeah, See, you're right. we know. <laughs> so we're interviewing all the quarterbacks that were coming out that year. It was Baker Mayfield. It was Lamar Jackson. It was Josh Rosen. It was all these guys. And these Sam Darnold. Players. Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold was there. Yeah. So there's not really a lot of cameras around Josh Allen. And, you know, we talked. Maybe he goes to Buffalo. Maybe not. I don't know. It's just Mike and myself. And I'm operating the camera because Mike does not know how. <laughs> really don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So it's just us interviewing Josh Allen, and we asked, we're like, hey, we're from Western New York. We're Buffalo area, Rochester. You know, what, what's your impressions of Bill's Mafia? And he lights up, and he goes, Bill's Mafia is the best. I can't. And then he was like, actually, you can't use that. He was <laughs> like, oh, wait, 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 no. You can't, you can't use that. He made a very political answer after that of like, you know, all fans in the NFL are great. And yeah. I've heard great things about Bill's Mafia, but. Because he, he didn't know for sure he was getting picked <laughs> by the Bills. He wanted to be, but he didn't know. He literally was just, Bill's Mafia is the best. Oh, you can't use that. So yeah. it was funny to see him. Uh, I don't know. He obviously had talked with the team. but. And then you remember that night, if maybe you don't remember, but we talk about social media. Well, that night there was a bunch of tweets that Josh had written when he was considerably younger that got released. And there was a lot of wonderment if 
the Bills were going to take him or if he was going to slide down there. So that period of time for him, from when we talked to him and he was the happiest guy in the world, to waking up the next morning to that had to be kind of crazy for him and for the Bills. After he got drafted, I remember asking him at his introductory press conference like, what that was like. Obviously, it's the biggest day of your life, and you're having some of the worst moments of it when you were a kid. Doesn't make it right or wrong. I'm just saying. And he said that like he was on the phone, like crying to Brandon Bean, like explaining like that's not who he is, and all of those things. So, the, to go from one end of the spectrum to the other is, is just crazy. And then again, social media. Talk about this. Wasn't really universally liked by Bills Mafia. Like there are the shots that like he wasn't necessarily the pick. Yeah. And that'll be one of my few hot takes that I've been wrong about. <laughs> yeah. Other than I, Shohei I, I thought Otani. it was the wrong Josh. Yeah. I, I liked Josh Rosen. Like so. Dan is wrong. <laughs> spin that bad boy around. By the way, Dave's coming back out. So if you have a question, get Dave's attention, and we're going to have the questions right here in the middle. I want Jenna to tell this bit. So the night oh, he was yeah. drafted, we're in Dallas. And we end up in this very small room right after he's been picked. There's, I don't know, six or seven reporters. Yeah. And Josh is there and Tremaine Edmonds, the two number one picks. And he gets picked. We interview him. It's great. And Jenna gave his traveling party some advice. Oh. <laughs> on this is insider info. <laughs> it's a little insider info. Now, he may have already known this. Yes, he might have already known. But I known. think it helped him. Tell them what you told them for Josh. So I went up to, the, they're, they're called handlers in the NFL, like the PR people that are working with the, the talent. And I went up and I was like, just so you know, it's not buffalo wings, it's just wings. And I was like, and you eat those wings with blue cheese. And the woman kind of looked at me and I was like, they're gonna ask, just say blue cheese. And he was like, oh, okay. So it, it went from there. And then the next day on WGR, they asked, Josh, we gotta ask you, do you, you, do you eat your wings with ranch. ranch or blue cheese? And he's like, I'm a blue cheese guy. <laughs> like, now he might've known that, <laughs> but Jenna was the one yeah. that put him on the right track right away. Well, I'll tell you why, because I thought he was, I thought he was funny, because there was one point where he was, we were in Dallas, the stadium, you're walking down the stairs, and there's a second level of fans, so one of the fans was like, hey, Josh, can you sign my hat? So they kind of threw it down to him, and he's like, yeah, no problem, so he went to go throw it back up, and I, we were, you know, we we're just kind of standing there, and then he, it was the perfect throw, and he goes, accuracy <laughs> and I was like oh he's kind of funny so yeah. because all the knocks on him coming out of college were he's not accurate enough he can't be yeah. that guy so I you could tell he had a sense of humor and again if you got a question just raise your hand Dave's right here he'll we, get we, we do oh, have some questions some. you go oh, right okay. ahead Dave and get you uh, in the spot unless there. does anybody I have some written questions that you guys wrote when you walked in anybody want to get off like some starter questions oh here yeah. we go look at also, this. Right, there's here, we a go. Hat. here we go stand on up only if you want to. Oh. <laughs> at least, at least give us give us your name, and uh, and, and go ahead and ask. Hi, my name's Adina. Um, leading t with leadership, and we all have to wear multiple hats as leaders. What do you think of Sean McDermott also running the defense? Great. That's question. a great question. That deserves a hat. That is <laughs> Buffalo Plus hat. Here we go, Dave. Can you help us with that? Give her a hat. We'll get you right on the Buffalo Plus team. Thank you. A great question. Yeah. Um, I think Sean needs this. 
And I think the team has responded. Dan, you've heard him a lot. You've yeah. heard the way the players have at least initially responded to him. I think he's putting more on his plate. I think this is, we've talked about maybe the team has underachieved at times, and I think this is a way of him getting back to his roots of what made him a successful head coach. I, I, we had a funny podcast or video that we did. We talked about relationships and that relationships are when you start, you do all the little things, right? You send cute text messages, you leave notes, all those things. But over time, all of a sudden, maybe you don't send as many cute text messages and all of a sudden the relationship isn't as good. And you're wondering what's changed. Well, you weren't doing the little things. I think Sean McDermott getting back to being a defensive coordinator gets him back to doing all the little things that made him the head coach that took the Bills to a Super Bowl contending team. Now, that leadership also means he's got to trust the people with him. It is That's so true. much about trust. And I think Sean's a different guy than when he first started coaching. I think it's hard to, you, you need to have a good team they need to earn that trust, but there's a part of you that needs to be able to recognize it and say, these people deserve it. Don't tell them I said that, but that's the way I feel about these two. So you let them do more and more, and then all of a sudden it becomes what you do. Was that a compliment? I, I, I think, think there was a compliment. Wow. It was like a backhanded one. But the reason I would say this is Sean trusts his staff, and his staff trusts him. That goes both ways, because they know he's an incredibly hard worker and a dedicated guy. He's not perfect, we know that. I mean, we're critical of his decisions. He makes so many decisions in a given game or in a given week. They're not all gonna be right. But I think he has the faith of his coaches that they know he's gonna work as harder, harder. But it's not easy for him to turn over some of those responsibilities. And now he'll be turning over some of, some of the head coaching part of it. He'll need some help with his eyes in other places. And um, it's going to test his leadership, but I think at least to this point, I think it's shown pretty well. That's the thing. I was a little concerned because I was like, you know, this is more responsibility on him, and he already has, you know, the weight of the team on him. So I was curious, and I think, you know, it will be told with this season, but at the same point, I feel like the trust that he has in the staff, like Mike mentioned, the fact that he is so detail-oriented. Like, Sean McDermott is the most meticulous man. Yeah. It, it's and you golfed nine holes with him. I did, yeah. We, we had the Bills golf outing, <laughs> yeah. and he likes Yacht Rock, which I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, and he's just Jenna a swears like a sailor. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying. That, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what goes around the building. That's what Sean what said. That's what Sean she said. She swears like a sailor. Well, on the golf course, yes. Um, <laughs> now, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. exactly. But he's just such a detail-oriented guy. I think the trust that he has in his assistants and the players and him kind of getting back to his roots, like what Dan talked about, I think there's a huge opportunity for this team to take on the identity that is Sean McDermott, that tenacious, the physical, all of these things, yeah. hands-on in terms and of And you that. talk about his discipline. He does, I don't know if you guys heard during camp, the man loves Pittsburgh dairy for his ice cream. That's his like one treat. He'll get a milkshake, right? Chocolate malted Mil milkshakes. <laughs> but the rest of the time, the guy is like crazy disciplined well, with his eating. Let's talk about the draft video. The Bills put this out there, but it was draft night a couple years ago. Oh, that's Shaney. Um, <laughs> the draft night a couple years ago, and Kim Pagula had made cookies for the entire team. And they're like, oh, Sean, are you eating a, a cookie? And he's like, it's raisin bran. <laughs> <laughs> so that was his big cheat food for the day was raisin bran. So he is a very disciplined guy and a very um, dedicated. But I think that leadership, and it's also leadership with Brandon Bean to give him that trust. 
Dave, what do you got for us? We do have another question. Name your question. Yes, hi, Jonathan Niketha. I'm part of the greatest leadership Rochester class awesome. ever. Um, just make sure you all know that. Um, and, uh, um, and what's really cool, and I hope that you all recognize this, is that one of the things that made our class special was that we had people with, from different generations, different perspectives, different times, uh, uh, working, et cetera. Um, so I know you get on mic about age. Um, and my, my sons like to make fun of me and say that I, I lived in the late 1900s, which is true. <laughs> it's very true. Um, but there's a lot we can learn from each other. And when I look at the fact that you all work in this podcast world and then also broadcast television world, um, that there've got to be same players but different rules. Um, who are the types of people that you all look up to in industry um, for inspiration, for ways of putting together thoughts and ideas, for different stories to tell? Uh, yeah. Because I know that you know you you are, the three of you can synergize and and cover so many different things, but you also every year we have to elevate and level up. So yeah. how do you do that and? Who do you look to for inspiration to get that done in your careers? I would say it's actually very interesting because I look to both of them. I think Mike and his experience and just the ability for him to really, I mean, you've been my biggest mentor. You've helped me so much. And like the, the piece of like, you're always encouraging me. Sometimes, honestly, as a young female reporter, it was really challenging. There were moments where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. It just, it felt so much harder for me in some moments, but you really advocated for me. And I just think, we joke about Mike being old and talking a lot, but the man knows what he's talking about. So the way that you're able to put stuff together and just your voice with everything, I'm always inspired by. And then with you, Dan is, the content king. This man loves Twitter. He's so good about reels, and like I need to force myself to be better with that. So it's really interesting because while there's so many national people that I really like, Tom Rinaldi and his ability to tell stories is fantastic. And Susie Colbert, I always really enjoyed her work. I find that my inspiration, I'm really lucky because I get to sit you know, between it, usually on my weekdays. And I, and I know that sounds like very cliche, but I think that's what makes our work and what we do really special because the amount of respect that we all have for one another. And you didn't cry. I didn't cry. <laughs> the fact that you got through that answer without crying is lie. unbelievable. I thought one point yeah. early on, I was like, she's gonna lose it. No, yeah. I had to look but away yeah, from Mike. <laughs> long story short, like she hired me at our first station, Elmira. Like this is a person that I've always looked up to and we always bounce story ideas back and forth. To Mike's credit, he has changed with the times, like you're talking about. Absolutely. The fact that it is more social media, the fact that it isn't just going up there and reading box scores and highlights. He now understands that his opinion matters. When people wanna hear about the Bills, they wanna hear Mike Catalanas in Rochester. Like, that's, that, that's what it is. But now he's like, how can I get it out there? And that's when he comes to us. So like, yeah. it is that synergy you work with. For me, I like a lot of the more content, like uh, Chris uh, Long Brothers, like, yeah. like former players that, have been in the business and have played in, you know, been in NFL locker rooms, and then they share their experiences. Like, I've been in it, but I'm only allowed in there for the hour that we're allowed per week. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to kind of listen to other people. Pat McAfee does a phenomenal job too. Yeah. And it's a way of not being Stephen A. Skit, no, Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless, where you have to be all hot takes, but you can have opinions, and that you can also say, I agree or I disagree. But I think it's the way of delivering it in an entertaining way. I like McAfee's energy. I think the way that he delivers that is something that I like to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I would, I would also say what I've learned the most is I did listen to them. And because, look, if we're going to do this, it's not necessarily my world. But what I always say is I think I have something to say in a different content, in a different content world. So YouTube works pretty well for me because you can go a little bit longer. Um, you can talk a little bit more. But in terms of saying is listening and going, listen, you know, this is their age group. Our audience there is different and percentage-wise than our audience on the television station. But what they both understand is when we're on TV, not that we are different, but the content is expressed differently. Mm -hmm. When we're on the YouTube channel or on Instagram or anything else, when it's Buffalo Plus, it's about the Bills. So the perception is the people watching it are Bills fans. So we can go down that road. But I think it's always important as being the one who covered the team before they were born um, can say, will this work? Or what should we do? Or Jenna will have an idea. Or Dan will have an idea. And what's been great is our leadership of our place. And yep. Chuck yeah. is here. And Ed is here. And Paul and Melody, Brian and John, they're all here. People that have done it for a long time and are really good have let us. Yep listen to the people who would know, and then maybe my experience fits in better with what works, if that makes sense. It's kind of like, open your ears a little bit, and then they'll listen to you. So that's kind of the way and, I've looked at it. And jumping off of that, I think we cover the bills so in depth, and you get to know these players, and some of their stories are just truly incredible. I mean, Dan just did a fantastic story on Shane Ray, one of the Bills' defensive linemen. He was a former first-round draft pick. You know, the fame and the money and the pressure got to him. He, he was out of the league for a little bit, played football in Canada, and then was trying to make his way back to the Bills' roster. Sometimes it's, it's hard not to be inspired by these players and just – their stories and how much it means to them to be on a football field. And, and kind of circling back to that leadership piece really quick, I think the Bills do a fantastic job of finding guys. I don't want to say they have like a chip on their shoulder, but at the same point, they fit. They, they believe in the bigger goal and their story and what they, they love is football. And not all, every team has that, especially in a lot of bigger markets. Um, so I think that's just something that also sticks out to me. Like these players are just, some of their stories really are, I mean, football was, everything is everything to them. And it's really interesting to see. And it's really cool from our perspective, being able to share some of those stories that people might not know. Dave, what do you got for us? We got a, we got a question, but be, before we get to the question, I just want to offer you a little camaraderie, Mike. Okay. I went to SUNY Buffalo, University of Buffalo, during the previous good years okay. with Jim Kelly. So I, I want to give you a little camaraderie as far as, you know, <laughs> been, there, been there for those great four years, too. Yeah, so. it was yeah. something. My, my first game covering the team was Thurman Thomas's first game. So, oh. and, and then people go, oh, <laughs> oh. And I'm like, why are you calling Thurman old? That's what I say to him, but so it was. But uh, yes, camaraderie, I need it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I'm Josh, and so I guess my question tonight is uh, historically, the middle linebacker has been the defensive play caller. So, um, and from what I understand, McDermott's kind of open to other players outside of that position being the defensive uh, play caller. So I was wondering if you guys had any insights on who could be this year. Like, I'm thinking maybe like Taron Johnson or one of the safeties would be a good idea, or if it's going to stay 
uh, with the middle linebacker? That's a great question, Josh. So if, if you didn't know, you know, the quarterback on offense calls the plays. He has a helmet with a speaker, and they have a certain amount of time. They coaches can talk to them. Then they relay the play to their teammates. On defense, there's one player on the field that has that helmet and that has what's a green dot, green right? Dot. On green it. dot, yep. And then they, the defensive coach can talk to him, and then he calls the plays to his teammates. For the Bills, that's been the middle linebacker. It's been Tremaine Edmonds. He played almost every snap when he was there. He got a boatload of money, went to Chicago, and Dan, right now, they're struggling to fill that yeah. position. Yeah, to your point, I think early on in training camp, we kept asking, Sean, are you open to somebody else being that defensive play caller? And he said yes. We have not seen anything, though, that backs that statement up. It has been, I think they wanted Terrell Bernard to kind of step up and be that guy. That was a hot take I had last year at training camp. His hamstring, he was back to practice, looked like today. Um, I don't know to what extent. Yeah, I, I may be wrong. The jury's still out. Not I think they thought they had Dodson as a backup plan, and then A.J. Klein is the break glass in case of emergency. <laughs> I think they're kind of in a pickle here because I don't think they're really happy with Dodson and – I would be surprised if Sean McDermott all of a sudden, with three weeks left before the start of the regular season, makes somebody else call the plays. I think he's just they're going to have to live with what they have because I don't think he's going to change it now. No, I, I agree. I think you're, you're, you're what's the saying, like pot committed? Yeah. Like I think at this point you, you're getting ready for the season and you're so close where it's like, I just think the Bills are, personally my thought process is the Bills are very frustrated though. They wanted this yeah. to already be shored up. They wanted to make sure they had that guy who was calling the plays, who was confident in that. I think Terrell Bernard was a great option than the injury to him. Tyrell Dotson, like he's gotten the opportunity, but the Bills I think have not liked what they've seen from him. And I would have loved Hyder Poyer. I would have loved to see one of those veteran guys. Yeah. I mean, the defense works well there, but yeah. it has been the case. So this is an interesting case for if you, even if you follow the team, maybe not quite as closely, um, you know, guys come into these positions very differently. The guy, Tr uh, Tremaine Edmonds, that we're talking about, when we mentioned Jenna and I are at the draft that day, yeah. Tremaine was a first round pick, and he was a, you know, one of the chosen guys, first round pick. He was really he's young. He's very young, and he became that guy. But other guys fall in it. Jordan Boyer. I mean, he's a seventh rounder who was cut and ended up with the Bills. Like, guys come into these jobs differently. The guys to replace Tremaine Edmonds, one guy was sort of a journeyman special teams guy. Mm -hmm. Another guy was a draft pick last year that didn't play much. Another guy was a draft pick this year who might not be in the right position. A.J. Klein has been a mostly a backup in his whole career. So when you're watching the team this year, that falls on Brandon Bean. It really does, on yeah. who he brought in. But in leadership with a team, Sean McDermott can't be sitting there blaming Brandon Bean. He's got to go out and coach up the guys that he has and make it work. And that's where good teamwork can help a team, even in a tight spot. No, I, I agree. And that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to see in terms of how things play out because that's – there are a lot of expectations on this team this year, and we know the pressure is always on, um, especially on game days. And let's be real, Dan, like we, I think sometimes we get a lot of questions about like how things are on game days because obviously for fans, it's such a fun day. You know, you go to the stadium early, you might travel for the game, you might go to London, which is gonna be exciting. There's the tailgating, the food, the, the drinking, food. all that stuff, yeah. and, then, and then there's, Jenna mentions the food. Well, so, so real quick, time out here. So, I love food. 
I am unapologetic. Uh, so we go on the road to every game, and there's two of us that go on the road. So I'll go to report and do everything else, uh, and either Dan or Jenna come with me on the road. So how do they pick where they're going? So we literally With hold a, a draft on the YouTube channel where they make their selections city to city. Jenna's priority is usually weather and food. It's the other way around. <laughs> You're lying. Weather and food. It's food and it's weather. Food and right? weather. Yes. It's food and weather. No, it's weather first. No, it's not. Um. It's weather. Do you got to remember that for next, yeah, year's next year. <laughs> you went to Miami last year. Almost died. Yeah, it was so hot. And I was yeah. like, Miami normally, that's like a top pick. But Miami in September on a 1 p.m. start? Absolutely not. I stand by it. And food. Food is also. So they picked for this year. So Jenna's in London. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> The three-week-old over there wasn't barely cute. Yes, yeah, that probably wouldn't be good for the new dad yeah. to be that's going. Fair, so. That's fair. so anyhow, that's the case. <laughs> we got back to Dave over here. There we hello. go. Hello, hello. First and foremost, you're slacking on the hats. We need some hats. Oh, yeah, hats. yeah, yeah. I have oh. two that should give me uh, two or three hats here. There we go. Well, there's there also we another one. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah I'll get you. Yeah, I'll get you. a hat? Yes. You get a hat? You get a hat. And you get a hat. Well, Melody will bring it. And we have, a, we have another great question from Susan. Okay. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. My name is Susan, as Dave said. Um, this is not a hat question. Okay. <laughs> well, you're going to get a hat in. <laughs> However, inquiring minds want to know, and I lovingly referred to him as Go Diggity, what's going on with Stefan? Oh. oh, that's a great question. That in is. fact, it was next on our list. Yeah. In here that we're talking about. Um, digs is digs. He is an incredible player. And in fact, we were just talking about it on the newscast today. Well, you guys, if Dan, you've seen it. What's yeah. he been like at, at practice? When he came to the Bills, obviously he came in with this stigma that he forced his way out of Minnesota and wasn't happy in all of these things. Since he's arrived in Buffalo, it's been nothing on the field, especially at practice where people may not see, that has shown that he's been anything less than a phenomenal teammate and leader. And yeah, there was the incident in Cincinnati at the playoff game where he shows up, Josh Allen, doesn't show up this offseason, all of those things. But he's been back, and I'd argue better than ever so yeah. far at training camp. I think he's been the most dominant player, the best player for the Bills so far at training camp in the preseason. I don't think there's anything really there besides some miscommunication. I think Steph, I would have loved for Steph to talk after the Cincinnati game or talk at locker cleanout because everybody else had to talk for him. And that's not really what you want leaders to do. You step up, you say what you want. Otherwise, we're asking Isaiah McKenzie and all these people, hey, how's Steph? What's going on with Steph? But he, when he came out, he said, it's family matters. And I thought that really hit home. You got, you got siblings. You don't always get along, but you're a family and you love each other. So I don't think there's much else to it. I, here's my thing. Over the offseason, it felt like there was that awkward energy. We even talked about it on the podcast. We're like, you know, Diggs hasn't come out. We haven't heard from him. There's the cutaways during the game of Allen and Diggs, and Diggs is kind of, you know, making this gesture like, you know, what's up? He kind of stormed out of the locker room. It felt like there was, was there something there? And we talked about it because we hadn't heard from Diggs. And then as we got closer to the season, and then we finally got to talk to Stefan Diggs. And I think he, 
what did we say? He poured water right over the fire. Like he completely changed the narrative and he's like, yeah, look, family matters. We had some open discussions, they were had, and now this team is still my team. He said, I 100% want to retire a Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And it's funny with this stuff coming out a couple of days ago with Stephen A. Smith saying, I got sources that say, you know, Diggs doesn't want to be in Buffalo. And Diggs went right out and tweeted, 100% not true. Yeah. Like, I want to be with my guys. Look, I don't know why it bothered me so much. I mean, I'm 60 years old, and it bothered me that these two 20-some-year-old guys weren't getting along. But it really <laughs> bothered me. And I'm, like, saying to these guys, like, what's going on with these guys? And they would see it, too. Like, there was just a difference, and the energy was off. And it was later in the year and then at different times. Well, whatever they did, they're reunited here yeah. uh, because I'm watching them at practice. Dan was seeing him at practice. Jenna's seen him. That's back to being Diggs and Allen. They need him. He's been a great player. Stephen A. Smith makes a lot of money, and he's done very well for himself, but he has no idea what he's talking about Correct. with the Bills. And there is no issue there. He's not getting traded. I don't think Diggs wants to go anywhere, and he made that point. But to Dan's point, Dan said he didn't talk. He didn't talk to us as reporters. And sometimes there's people that say, why do they have to talk to you guys or why does it matter? Because the reality is that's the way they talk to you guys. Yes, they can go on social media, but that's very different. In an interview setting, they can take responsibility, they can be the bigger guy, they can apologize to their teammates, they can say whatever they want. And he didn't do that for months. And that was kind of missing. So I was glad. That news conference he had at Fisher yeah. was one of the best I've ever been through. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think what makes Diggs him is his energy. And, like, he is fiery. Like, it means every rep, every practice, your footwork, all this stuff. Like, they practice, what, four or five times a week? And there's a lot of times where I'm not going to lie. I'd be like, I'd probably be coasting through that drill. Like, I, I you know, and he is so meticulous about – the footwork, and he's coaching up the guys behind him. And I think that's stuff that you you don't always get to see, but it me practice reps, all that stuff means everything to him, and he takes it yeah. personally. And that is leadership. Yeah. Because those young guys are watching him. He doesn't – it's kind of funny. He is so ultra-competitive that he always wants – sometimes he'll catch a ball. Now, sometimes they run drills against another player. Sometimes it's in a scrimmage. Sometimes it's just him running – there's no defender, and he catches it. And he's still yelling about something. <laughs> like, look at that. He ran by me the other day, and he was like, that was a great catch, wasn't it? Tell everybody about that. Like, there's no defender. It's just Diggs. But he is wired that way. It's the kind of guy you want on the team. I got to say, I think the guy is. And let me tell you so, something. We talk about the old guys. You know who was like that? Thurman was like that. Andre Reed was like that. Kelly was like that. And those guys used to get after each other a lot, the old bickering Bills days. This is different, because this bickering sometimes plays out with weird messages on Instagram. Yeah. That we have to, I have to ask them to translate them for me. <laughs> Which, you know, I, believe me, I bet the coaches are doing that too, asking somebody to translate an Instagram. But it really is something. It's cool too. I, I genuinely was though concerned, like going into the season, I'm like is there going to be this weird, awkward tension and then now where we're at, it, it doesn't even feel like um, it was a thing. And yeah. at just the level of competition, and I really do feel like he's been phenomenal in Buffalo, there's no doubt about it. But I feel like this year it's even notched higher. Like I have even higher expectations 
on him and what he can do this season. So pick him up in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Dave, another question? We have another question. Oh, great show, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so much it. for having us. Thank you. Uh, my name is Bob. I had a question about McDermott. You talk about his leadership role and his discipline. How do you curb the penalties? I know growing <laughs> up as an great. athlete, yeah. it was wind sprints the oh. next day. Cool, I don't know not. if that's <laughs> oh, something yeah, that happens that's in the, the NFL, but everyone says he's so <laughs> disciplined, but his yeah. players don't react to that. That is a, is a tremendous question. I mean, this is a safe space, right? We can tell you guys something that yeah. the team... The team is so funny about certain things. Yeah. There is rules when we're at practice. And some you would understand. If Jenna and I or Dan and I or these two are at practice, you can't, they don't want us tweeting out or saying that. Um, Formations. Yeah, yeah. like they're So playing, and so's here. This yeah. guy's here. Or they're throwing a halfback option pass. Like we don't want to be giving something away to the Jets. Like we understand that. That's part of the game. But the other day, like they did not want us to mention that he made them run laps, which to me is kind of silly. Like, they hold certain things over us as reporters, which is access. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really, uh, and all of us have done that in different ways, at different times, have gotten the wrath of the team. When yeah. We were right, and they were mad, mm -hmm. but I would tell the guys, they're mad because we were right about what we were reporting. But sometimes in those cases, so back to what you said, they were running laps at practice the other day because of the penalties. Why they didn't want us telling everybody. I did see a couple of guys tweeted it out. I don't know if they're going to get their hand slapped or whatever. But yeah. they were doing that as at least a visible way of saying to them, fellas, yeah. it was embarrassing what they did the other night in Pittsburgh. So and McDermott said that during that week of practice, because they had nine penalties in the first game, that they were pulling players out of practice when they did commit a penalty. So. To some respects, I understand that like that discipline and penalties falls on coaches and the leaders. It also falls on the players to yeah. not get a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's always so funny that we always talk about play calling. That was a bad play call. We're so quick to judge Ken Dorsey or before it was Brian Dable. Maybe the players just didn't do what you needed to do. And as a leader, like tying this back into it, you need to trust people to do their job. And if they don't do their job, yeah, it's on you, but it's also on the person that's failing to do their job. Yeah, no, I and and they're grown men, so yeah. there's, that usually helps too. But I understand the concern because watching that preseason game on Saturday, I was like, "What?" I said it was preposterous the yeah. amount of pen twelve penalties in the first half, and it was absurd. I also see Sean McDermott's hands-on approach of "You're gonna run laps," which is old school, but I also think that's a Sean McDermott way yeah. to handle it. I will say, talking with some of the players, they talked about how. For some of these guys, it's learning a new offense, like Dalton Kincaid. Some of that pre-snap stuff, they're learning the offense. I think sometimes that can factor in as well. Or there's a different voice back there. It's a Kyle Allen. It's a Matt Barkley. Now, is that an excuse or a reason? Time will tell. But I definitely think that it's inexcusable, the amount of penalties that they have. And frankly, I, I feel like Sean would go out there and just rip players off the field if yeah, it happened. Yeah, if he could in the preseason. I, just, I, I agree with you. I just think it's the easy answer to be like, oh, the coach is it's undisciplined. It's like I don't necessarily put all of that on Sean McDermott when Spencer Brown don't grab the guy or yeah. well, don't get false start whole, penalties. Like, that's yeah. on you. You're an NFL football player. And by the way, when we talk about leadership again, that's why you'll see Josh Allen go up in a post game and take the blame Yeah. when a lot of times – you know it wasn't him, but he's not going to do that to his wide receiver. He's not going to do that to his running back or his offensive line. 
which brings me back to Jim Kelly, who once threw his offensive tackle, Howard Ballard, under the bus, and then Thurman started yelling at him and made fun of him on his own TV show, and they had to stand in front of the whole team with pieces of paper in the media and apologize to each other. People forget this happened. It used to play out, would have played out in social media. Back then it played out on television, but that kind of stuff has happened in the past. And I think too, I remember when Sean McDermott first came to Buffalo, I felt like, okay, you had Rex Ryan, and then you've the pendulum swung the other way to a guy that was super disciplined, hard-nosed, all these things that we talked about. And I was curious, is he going to be a, quote, player's coach? Because players want to play for coaches like that that have their best interests and they feel that way. And Sean McDermott always said, you know, come to Buffalo, you'll play your best ball. And I remember it was early on, LaShawn McCoy going up to coach. We were, happened to be in earshot, and he's like, coach, practice is too early. This was training camp. He's like, it's just too early. And then we saw that practice times get slated backwards and things like that. So, and we even heard about it during the Stefan Diggs situation of McDermott having an open door policy for his guys to come in if there is an issue, all of these things. And it, it does you know, translate back into that leadership piece of being authentic. And like they rag on McDermott for being like, you know, listening to Yacht Rock and like only eating Raisin Bran, but it's okay because that's who he is. He's not pretending to be something he's not. And the other day when that happened with Diggs, well, this is back at the beginning uh, in the spring, um, Sean made a mistake, no question. Yeah. He referenced it as I'm, I'm very concerned and that really lit a match on that whole situation. Well, he went back first to Diggs and told him he was wrong that, that Sean said he himself was wrong, and then eventually he told us that he misspoke and he said it the wrong way. Now, I think he was frustrated, and I think he probably had a reason to be frustrated, but he didn't want to or need to put that on his player in that way. That wasn't good for the team, and I think he realized it. And I think it takes a leader <laughs> to be able to admit when you're wrong, and when it finally happens with me, I will admit it to you too. <laughs> Seven years, just you haven't been wrong just yet. set himself up with a softball there. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we, uh, we have one more question from here, unless anybody has any. All right, I'm going to read oh. this from Dan. Uh, in your mind, what is the biggest uh, area of concern this season, and how do they fix it? That's a great, great question. question. Uh, my biggest concern is Ken Dorsey. Uh, been very proponent of this. The Bills I, offensive coordinator. Bills offensive coordinator, uh, who's the leader of the Bills offense besides Josh Allen. Um, I loved the Bills' previous offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. I loved him and respected him more than certain members of my family. <laughs> I'm very open and honest about saying that. You will never hear me say a bad word about Brian Dable. Um, this is a team that is ready to win now and is experienced and has the talent. And I was very fearful where, yes, Brian Dable had struggled and had failed at times at his other offensive coordinator jobs in Miami and New York and all these things, but he had experience and that, that to me made him a very good leader. Ken Dorsey didn't have any experience and that was, but he was in the building. So he had been around the team and that was supposed to improve that. My biggest fear is that he didn't really know what he was doing or getting into. And I thought he was in a little bit over his head. And I thought that showed last season with some of the struggles. So I don't know how you can fix it because they could have fixed it by getting a different offensive coordinator this offseason, now they have him, and you have to hope that he learned from his mistakes last year. Use the car analogy. Oh, I, yeah, I said I, that Josh Allen and this Bills offense is a Ferrari, and I was afraid of giving that the keys to that car to a guy with a learner's permit, and that's what we had. I would have loved to see a veteran, a well-established offensive coordinator come in and 
continue to take off where they left off, and instead I feel like we took a step back. All right. I, I don't want to cut ahead of you because I was going to go next because I'm That's dying fine. to go off of what Dan said. That's totally fair. Okay. My biggest concern is the offensive line for the team. So you have this Ferrari and you have lousy tires on it. That's the way I look at it, okay? <laughs> There's my analogy for nice. you. Nice, well done. And you gotta have the tires, it's gotta be able to run. And the truth is, you have a Ferrari, but sometimes you need the four wheel drive too, because there's different ways to play. I worry a little bit about the way this team is put together. Everybody wants the sizzle, the stake is the two lines, the offensive line and defensive line. The sizzle is great. These are so all the many. lines they hear, hear from me. So I'm going to get times. them all out here together. So many times. Sizzle over Do you feel better? Sports office. Like, this is before we hit record. This is all the things we hear. And it's like, you all right, the, now let's go. Steak, no sizzle. Yeah. She's used, you know what? We've worked together so long. Jenna uses my lines. She yes. used to give me credit for no, them. Yeah. She'll be on the radio somewhere. And I'm like, I'll say to Jenny, I go, she just used my line. She doesn't give me any credit. I've just heard them so much. She's, They're now my she line. Takes them. But I'm saying is, if the offensive line is good and there is problems on this line, Josh is running for his life. Whatever great play call Dable or Dorsey might call or beg, it's hard to get out of it. Creativity can help you. But this game, it's another Marv. This game is simple. Block and tackle right, is what he would talk about. These are the simple things you do. You gotta block the other team, and they haven't done a good enough job in it. And when I look at this team going into it, the top teams in the league, probably if you pick the top, certainly the top four last year had four of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL. No secret there. The Bills are middle of the pack on the offensive line at best, yes. and yeah. that's a concern. And that goes to the general manager. I mean, yeah. Brandon Bean, he drafted a kid this year who looks really good. Osiris Torrance looks like he's going to start. That's what you need to do. I hey. don't have a car analogy. <laughs> I just <laughs> want that out the gate. Um, I'm going to go the other side of the ball. And Josh, this kind of feeds off the question he had of middle linebacker. And that, to me, is really the question mark of this defense. You had Tremaine Edmonds in there. He was a high draft pick. People wanted more for him, ourselves, including Dan is shaking his head. Yeah. Here's my thing. The Bills' defense is – sorted out for the most part. We essentially yep. know who the corner number two opposite Trey White will be. You made, uh, you addressed the defensive line, getting pressure on the opposing team's quarterback, but that middle linebacker spot who calls the defense, who's there to kind of be that safety blanket, you don't have your guy yet, and the clock is ticking. The season is underway, and I think we saw in the preseason game the fact that Tyrell Dotson was playing in the second half, fourth quarter. That, to me, says he is not their guy. Terrell Bernard is a younger player. He hasn't had the experience in that position. He's also injured. And then you have a guy like A.J. Klein, who is your steady veteran, but Dan said it before, he's your break glass in case of emergency. And he is a guy that is not good in coverage. He's just not able to keep up, which that to me is why there's that level of concern because you have all this talent, you have this great defense, Sean McDermott calling the defense, but if you don't have that guy in the middle to kind of steady the ship, things could go awry and quickly. Hi, right. yeah, okay. There Wait, I have, I have one more question. Oh, wait, I right. got a question right in the front. Oh, hold on. Okay, I have one more question. Can my dad ask a question? Oh, my dad's oh question. here we go. This could be anything. This yeah, I'm happen. terrified. Everybody buckle up. Excuse me, sir. Say your name, please. My name is Ben Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your name. <laughs> so, 
this is about leadership. So I want to okay. know what you guys think as the leader of this program, what the plan is to go forward in the future. Where do you see this going? Oh, wow. And I also want to let you know that when we were in Jacksonville a couple of years ago, we were in, actually in Tallahassee. The Bills were playing Jacksonville. And the story in Tallahassee, Florida, was more about the Bills than yep. the Jaguars. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. And then, so, and then the follow-up is, where do I get the Buffalo Plus uh, merchandise? <laughs> <laughs> BuffaloPlusStore.com. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great dad. <laughs> that he is. Um, what was the first question? Where are we taking this? Where are we taking this? Oh, taking yes. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm getting yelled at. Um, no. Uh, or you'll have to go to your room. <laughs> Hold on. Well, well, this, this is, events like tonight are big for us, and we really yeah, appreciate yeah. you guys having us out, and we appreciate the people here at Three Heads for letting this yeah. barge in. Um, we want to get the word out there. We've had people come up to us. It's been awesome. Training camp. Surreal. Listen, I've been it's on really Channel cool. 13, as you've heard. I started when I was five years old. It's been 35 <laughs> years. Don't laugh so much at that joke. I use it all the time. But I would say this, I used to mostly hear Channel 13, they do, and people do love that. But I hear Buffalo Plus, Buffalo Plus, Buffalo Plus, which has been great. And these kind of events help us get the word out. So when somebody would say to us, we love Buffalo Plus, we'd always say, tell somebody else. Yeah. And we've been hoping that would happen. Now we're doing that on social media, we're doing that on the television station, but we're trying to grow this and being, trying to expose ourselves and the content that we have to as many people as possible. Kansas City, week five of the 21 season. I think yeah. it was the first time Mike and I were getting ready to do the live hits. Uh, that was Sunday night. Yeah, we were outside Sunday, the stadium, was, right? And somebody, we had these mic flags, and the first person came up to us and said, love your channel. You know, we're, we're from Kansas City. We're Bills fans. And that was the first time that I think it really hit us, like, whoa, people are catching on to this thing. And yeah. then we started to see numbers. Because, again, this was... Nobody else really does this in local media. Like, like there aren't people that have the access that we have and the takes and the experience and all of this stuff that goes with it. So where it goes next, I, I think this is a lot of fun. I, I hope everybody else had a blast because like I want to do more of these, more Q&As. Like we try to ask in the comments and in our videos, like, hey, write in some comments for us. We'll talk about them on our next video. Sometimes they get lost in the in the matrix. So like yeah. it's nice to kind of have these where people can we can also see faces. Like there are people here that Daryl's comments on everything. So it's really yeah. cool to get to see you, faces and and, and, yeah. and all those behind the screen names. I think, I, I honestly, when I suggested the idea for this, I didn't know what it would be. I, I thought it would be fun. I honestly thought it would be fun. And I think we have a lot of, <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where we have so much fun covering a team that means so much to the community. And I think they're, the community that we've created around this has been totally unexpected, but such a a bright spot. And so for me, it's like, it's it's kind of the cherry on top. I hope things continue to grow though, because the response that we've gotten has been so cool. I mean, we've been all across the country, people coming up to us about Buffalo Plus, and it's just, it. It's my, I think the biggest thing too is, it's funny, some people don't even know we work at a TV station. Right. They're like, wait, where'd you get this really nice studio? It's like, well, we work at, we, we do work at a TV station. Yeah. So it's been cool to see, and I feel like we're honestly just kind of, just at the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Just starting to figure it out. Yeah, and yeah. We're, we're gonna, there's more and more content. We hope you get a chance to go on there. Different types of content. You know, um, Dan will do some betting advice for people, which 
he really enjoys doing. We I do was good last year. You were good. I was, was good last year. Yeah. Pre-game and post-game videos. I do a video every week with a reporter from another city that the Bills will be playing, so you get that. So, you know, and, and to, our, to our boss who's here, Chuck Samuels was here a minute ago, um, he's allowed us to really grow this and as a brand for Buffalo Plus, and it has been really good for us. So the plan going forward is more Buffalo Plus, more video, yeah. and a ton more money for everybody up here, right? Is that what the plan is? Did I hear that? I mean, that would be really nice. Oh, no. They've been really good to us. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I would never say that, but if it happens. Yeah. But uh, it's been a kids. lot of fun. And I got I, two kids here. <laughs> I got two kids here. And I also wanted to point out, where is he? Our big supporter, our sponsor, who is here with us oh, tonight. Greg. Raise your hand in the back there. There's Thank Greg Connors from Connors and Ferris. For him. Fantastic. Talk about leadership. Talk to that man about dealing with the Bills' leadership. Greg, come on up here for a second. We'll get yeah. you up here for a minute here. <laughs> so Greg is a sponsor. He's a sponsor of training camp, bringing it to that's Fisher a hell of every a suit. year. Yeah, that's nice. That's a great suit. That is fantastic. Oh my God! I know. Look, Look at, at that. It. Oh, we're matching. He's showing us up. Uh, I wanted, you know, when you, I knew you were going to be able to get here tonight, I wanted to talk to you about leadership, what it's like for you to deal with the leadership of the Bills. We've talked about Bean and McDermott and you being around those guys. Yeah, well, uh, Sean McDermott and I have a love-hate relationship. Um, I love Sean. As a Bills fan, I absolutely love Sean. As a sponsor, he's very rigid. And the, I didn't hear the Sean McCoy thing about practices were too early. Because we were yelling at sponsors, who can get up that early and make it to camp and have fun, let alone have a Bloody Mary? So I'm glad that LaShawn heard us bickering about it, because he listened to LaShawn obviously more than he listened to us. So, uh, But, you know, dealing with Sean and Brandon, uh, they are, they're, they're so competitive, you know, and, and it really refreshes me in terms of our commitment to the community and to the Bills, seeing how critical it is for them to win and to have good people around them. You know, you asked the question about where is this thing going in the future? Well, I hope it's huge. I think it's going to get huge. The reason why I think it's going to be so popular is because of the talent that we have. There is no other talent in Buffalo or Rochelle like these guys. Okay, well, now, now you know why I brought him up here. Jenna's going to cry now. We got it. We got tears. You made Jenna cry. There we go. Well, leadership, right? And, uh, and it's great to have great leadership in Buffalo these days. We had a couple of rocky years where... It was the Ferrari came in town, <laughs> but the, the person driving it did have a learner's permit, and they had no tires on the car. Um, it was a big so truck. Actually, it was a big, big it truck. Was a, it was a really big truck. It was. And uh, it, it's fun. I mean, having the bills here during training camp, just the, it makes us so relevant, and it's great to see Rocher in the national news for good things. And, uh, and, and, it's, and, and Sean and Brandon are doing it, and although – you know, the whole game against Pittsburgh last week, I didn't talk to Mike about this yet, but I lost my mind. I don't know about you guys. You're like, oh, it's training camp. It doesn't matter. Are you kidding me? It doesn't matter? <laughs> Sorry, Dan. So, who said what? Awesome. Big round of applause for Greg Connors. Great. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. And he got Jenna to cry. So it's a win-win. Yeah, I was going to say. It was going to happen at some point yeah. tonight. Anyhow, so... We got a couple minutes after we're done. We're going to break things up here. We appreciate it. Big round of applause for Dave Mamano, our host tonight. And the night, the night is not over. Oh my God! There you Thank, go. You. Thank you. The hat job. Here we go. There's the ad.
The night is not over because we have a raffle, everybody. So stick around for the raffle. Uh, and um, so excited. You guys have been a great crowd. And I, I'm just, I'm so excited for you guys. I think, Greg, you were very smart, like buying a stock on the way up. <laughs> I checked out your YouTube channel, make sure that I've been watching it. I subscribed. Almost 25,000. Yeah, right? they're moving up. 25. We'll hit 25,000. YouTube gives you a really cool plaque at 100 subscribers, 100,000 subscribers. That's what we got. That's we what we want. Oh, a plaque? You get a plaque. You want an award? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, Why mean, do you think I'm in this for? You, I mean, and I like the fact that with the plan for the future, it doesn't have to just be Western New York. It can be oh, Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. It can be Seattle. I, when I travel and the games are on, I do find bars Oh that, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll have the Bills game on. Yep. And I think almost like, you know, cities have little Italy's, they're gonna have little buffaloes. <laughs> yeah. And you guys can come right along for that, right? Yeah. And, uh, we have viewers in every state. We have viewers in, I think, 13 countries that are on the YouTube channel. Yeah, YouTube has some really YouTube good analytics. analytics. Is next level. Yeah. And we've heard from them, and we'll see a lot of them when we're going to London uh, this October. Awesome. If you haven't done it yet, I'm gonna ask you right now, go on your phone, go to YouTube, go to your podcast app, Buffalo Plus, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Right, guys? Yes. Great. All right. Thank you so all right, much, thank everyone. you. A round of applause. We thank you, guys. We truly appreciate it, truly. Here's the star of the show. Yeah. Future, the future coach right here. Can you say hi? Can you wave? Can you wave? Is she signing autographs? Oh, the lights are bright. Uh -huh. It's past our bedtime, too, and we didn't nap today. <laughs> thank you, everybody.